Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk, a Independence Day edition. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com, along with Doug Maurice and Stephen Means. How are you guys spending your 4th of July as our readers, are, our listeners, are listening to this podcast? My town has a great 4th of July parade, and my daughter's high school marching band is marching in it. So I will be standing on the curb uh, watching her march past, and she loves marching band, so that'll be fun. I live downtown, so I get to hear fireworks for the next four weeks. <laughs> we already heard some last night, actually. Yep. Our dog got up, and he's not one that's like usually bothered. Like, There's definitely dogs who like, can't stand fireworks, and it freaks him out. And that's not it, just any noise gets him like up and jumping and barking until he settles down. So we heard that noise last night, and we're like, what is that? Because it sounded like somebody was like thumping something right outside our house. Like maybe someone had shown up at 10 o'clock at night. Like, oh, no, it's just the fireworks. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be used to that for the next too long. If, and if ba- you, babies love fireworks, by the way. You know, last night, uh, Bennett, Bennett didn't have an issue. He, I think because of the dog, um, he's used to just spontaneous eruptions of crazy noises. So he's been sleeping pretty well. Uh, not a lot of complaints about that. By the way, it's July 2nd as we're recording this. If you have been shooting off fireworks for any more than like one day, don't like stop and and to, to and, the people and, and july 4th is the end this is your small window july 4th you're done july 4th ends it you're done speaking of dogs barking in the background to the to the people who live downtown who are trying to enjoy word right and boom just for future reference do not set up your camp in front of my house find a different spot to watch your fireworks Oh, wait, it's not like, Stephen's house. Stephen rents an apartment. The sidewalk is public domain. But go ahead. Do not set up camp in front of my house. What did they do? Did they have like an RV? Else. No, they just like had blankets and stuff. And it's like, hmm. I was trying to go to the store real quick to because I get gas at night because it's not a weight. And sometimes you can finesse it and it's cheaper. Um, so I left my house and there was just somebody like camped out. And we don't have like a driveway, but we had like this little pad where I parked my car. They were just like camped out there. And it's like, all right, now I got to wait for you to pack up your stuff. And then you got to repack your stuff up when I get back. Don't don't set up in front of my house. 
go somewhere else. Sounds like Stephen may need to move to the suburbs. I'm Steve definitely Lips. moving back this to the what, suburbs. This is city living, man. This is what it's about. You can't be that greedy. Now that we're done peeing on the 4th of July, uh, let's get around <laughs> to today's podcast topic. And uh, this kind of was spurred, I think, Doug and Stephen, uh, a podcast that you did while I was on leave uh, discussing Marcus Freeman and Brian Hartline. I guess it was a text or question, right? Which one would be Ohio State's head coach first, something along those lines? And this topic today is an expansion of that. It is which coach with Ohio State ties would be will, will be Ohio State's future head coach. Am I saying that right? Uh, no, not it's because we, 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 we're really trying to find um, future big time head coaches. And so w- the, the marker that we put is 15 years from now. So I think the time frame matters here. So just and who will be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years? In 15 years, I think is the okay. best way. And, and I think you would get, if we were assigning points to it, if you draft the person who is Ohio State's head coach in 15 years, you know, you would get 100 points. But I think if you draft somebody who's a a Big Ten head coach in 15 years, you also would get points for that. If you get draft somebody who's a different power of whatever designation we have in 15 years, who's a different big time head coach or is a head coach at all at the FBS level, you would all get points for that. So I think if we think of it that way, um, because we really are trying to identify. And again, Marcus Freeman, you know, in 2008 played for Ohio State. He was an Ohio State football player in 2008. In 2022, 14 years later, he's coming to Ohio Stadium as Notre Dame's head coach. That's what, that's what we're trying to figure out, like, the next version of that. So um, that's the intent. But I think think of it that way in your head. The people who are will be most qualified 15 years from now to have jobs that good. Right. I think the headline will be, who will be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years? And it's going to be a draft because we like to do it in cutthroat ways and and um, make each other make decisions. And we're going to draft based on categories because, as as Doug just mentioned, you could have someone like Marcus Freeman who is still playing right now, and you could have someone who is already a head coach who could be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years. And so we want to kind of pick from those various categories. So here are. But I will say we are only doing people who have Ohio State ties. Correct. Yes. So like Ryan Day 15 years ago would not have been eligible to be drafted in this draft because nobody knew who he was. So we're not trying to say, um, you know, we think that, you know, Parker. Right. You know, just like, yeah, any random, we, you know, we don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years, even though he might be a great head coach, because we, we're trying to talk about Ohio State related people. Which former Buckeye will be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years? Do we finally have the headline right? No, because we'll former Buckeye implies, <laughs> I think, the people implies that you played here. Played here. Yeah, so yeah. You have to have an association. You don't okay. have to have played here, but you have to have some previous association with Ohio State football in your background, on your resume, as, a, as of right now. So that 600-word headline. That's a longer headline. That's a longer. <laughs> I hope people understand what we're doing here. And it'll become apparent, I think, as we go through this. In fact, it'll probably be apparent even after I just name off these five categories. We'll do five categories, and then there'll be a wild card. But the five categories are current college or NFL head coach, Current Ohio State assistant. So guys who are on staff right now with Ryan Day. Current non-Ohio State 
or NFL assistant. So anybody who isn't on Ohio State staff, but someone who's in college football coaching, not a head coach, or someone who is on an NFL staff. Then two player categories, a former Ohio State player not yet in coaching. So someone who, um, this really just accompanies people who, encompasses people who just graduated, right? Or in the last several years, maybe they're in the NFL right now. Maybe they're in that period between, you know, maybe they could be doing high school coaching. They're just in that, in that kind of period before they get into college coaching. It could be Cardale Jones or it could be Joey Bosa. Correct. And then current OSU player, someone who's on this roster right now, the Marcus Freeman of the future, somebody who is playing in 2022 and would be the head coach in 2037. And then, like I said, wildcard. So we're each selecting one person from each category and then a wildcard where you can take someone from any of those five categories. And we need to come up with a draft order. I'm going to let you guys, did you guys carry the load for me? I'm going to go third. And I want you guys to pick a number. Doug, pick a number between one and 10. Six. Steven, pick a number between one and 10. Four. All right. Steven gets it because the number was two. Which actually, I guess, is unfair to Doug because when he picked a higher number, Steven just picked a lower number. Anyway, so Steven, do you want to go first or second? I want to go first first, because we're not going to snake this. So, yeah. All right. Steven first, Doug second, me third. So and the wild card still has to come from one of the categories. Again, the wild card correct. can't be yeah. random any, anywhere person. And are we yeah. drafting Ryan Day or not? I would put him in here just because I think that's an interesting argument to make. Yeah. Why would Ryan Day still be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years? But, but again, yeah, wild card is important. It has to be from one of those categories. Wild card can't be RJ Day, and it can't be um, you know, I mean, he does have Ohio State. Actually, ties. I think RJ Day, I think, actually is on the table. Yeah, he has our, yeah. he has Ohio He's State. He's not ties. a current Ohio State player, though. I guess he doesn't actually fit any of the current categories. Should How we old put is he? 13. Should we put children? Yeah. <laughs> He's he, not going to be a 28 year old Ohio State head coach. He, he will not. Mark it down can. Monday. Children. Also, the sixth, the seventh category is children. So yeah. you could draft RJ Day. You could draft that eighth grade kid who was at a camp for a He's a prospect. Yeah, he's a prospect. Yeah. That's ties. He's not targeted because he didn't have an offer, but he is a prospect because he keeps camping every could, single he was at we, every camp. We could draft that kid that I met in the stands at the Rutgers game who really likes Ohio State. Like and <laughs> those are the good people who are in the categories for that. But seriously. Uh okay, RJ Day is off the board. To RJ RJ's chagrin. Board, but I think Ryan Day should be on the board. So yes. So those are our five categories. Anything anybody wants to say before we get started? Do you think Ohio State's next head coach will have to have Ohio State ties? Because Ryan Day did not. No, no, not at all. But it's, yeah, for this exercise. But no, but no I mean, it's just one of those things. It could be, it could be anybody. It's a great no. job. It's as good of a job as you can find. And um, I think Ryan Day has proved that you don't need him. But there also has been, at least for Ohio State, a lot of guys with, if not Ohio State ties, at least Ohio ties who have gotten this job. So it does help. And like Urban Meyer, you know, would have qualified for this because Urban Meyer was a grad assistant at Ohio State. You know, Mm -hmm. like and Jim Trestle would have qualified because Jim Trestle was an assistant, you know, at Ohio. Like guys, guys did have time. So um, and again, they run through a lot of people at a place like Ohio State who do go, you know, Nick Saban was here. Pete Carroll was here. There were a ton of, uh, of people that do have connections. So, yeah. If we had done this exercise in 2008, I think both 
Luke Fickle, who spent a year as Ohio State's interim coach, and Urban Meyer would probably have gotten drafted in something like this, don't you think? I think that's probably right. I think there's a chance that maybe even Nick Saban would have gotten drafted because he had just gotten to Bama and hadn't gotten things rolling yet. Yeah, but, and, I, and I think Marcus Freeman might have gotten drafted. Maybe, yeah, because you have to draft, yeah. draft someone off of that current roster. Yeah. Um, I guess my point being, though, so now as we look ahead to before we do this, because I think this, this is a specific exercise, but as you said, Doug, in 2008, nobody had any concept outside of New Hampshire who Ryan Day was. So do you think it's more likely in 2038 that we that Ohio State has a head coach who we heard of in 2023 or that it will be someone who's kind of off the board, someone who takes the Ryan Day path to being a head coach, which is sort of, you know, establish yourself as a like offensive savant and and work your way up the, the, the ladder that way. Ryan Day was in his second year as Boston College's wide receivers coach in 2008. It's a great big world. It is a great big world. So I think I would probably take the field just because. And listen, the game is going to change so much and it's changing so much already. But 15 years from now, I just think you're just, you know, there could just be the next Sean McVay or the next, you know, just like the next guy. You know, what if Deion Sanders wanted to be Ohio State's head coach, you know, and he's like a super dynamic presence and really smart about football. Like, like, I just think you'll be so open to anything. And I do think Ryan Day is an important person in that discussion, you know. So um, I would take the field just because there's there's so many great football minds out there that we don't know about. All right, Stephen, you have the first pick. Start us off. I'm going to take the guy who's spurred the reason we're having it. Well, the other guy who's the reason why we're having this conversation, that's Brian Hardline. I think that's probably the second easiest guy you could pick here. And I just want this guy over the other guy just because he's younger and does have those Ohio ties. It doesn't feel like he's wants to go anywhere yet. And in a world where we keep joking about is Ryan Day going to be the New England Patriots head coach one day? What if that does happen 10 years from now? And it's like, just go down the hall and go, hey, Brian, you want to be a head coach? Cool, cool. The press conference is on Tuesday. See you then. That's what Brian Hartline will be 50 in 15 years. So, like, I think in 15 years, Brian Hartline will be a head coach somewhere. So then it's just a matter of, is it here? So you're going to get points for this guy no matter what. And if you're thinking about the current staff, this is the guy you want. So that's a good pick from that strategy point, too. Doug, I- when you so as you said in 2008, Marcus Freeman would have got drafted on a, in a in a exercise like this as a future Ohio State player who would be a head coach. Would Brian Hartline have gotten drafted? No, I would. I I did not see that in the same way. Marcus had a plan. Marcus had a plan. Marcus was talking about I would I want to be an athletic director. Marcus was talking, Marcus was going into meetings with Gene Smith and observing processes in the inner workings of athletic departments. And and Marcus, you could see, and listen, Marcus got drafted and then Marcus had a health issue that ended his NFL career very, very, very early. Um, Brian Hartline was like the guy flying around, like making crackback blocks on special teams. You know, like Brian Hartline was more of like a, I don't want to say wild child, but like why Brian Hartline was just like, you can say that. Like, just like, I don't know that I looked at Brian Hartline and thought, 
that guy's a coach. I looked at Marcus Freeman and thought that guy's a coach. You know, I, I would have drafted yeah. Marcus Freeman. I would have drafted James Laurinaitis back then. I might have drafted Malcolm Jenkins back then. Like there were just a lot of guys that I might have picked ahead of Hartline. But then you saw, you know, this evolution of Brian Hartline that he he had it in there all along. I don't even think this was like an evolution. I think Brian Hartline just kind of fell on this and was like, all right, well, I'm just going to be awesome at this like I am at everything else because Urban Meyer had to convince him to come join the staff here as a GA or as a volunteer at that. It wasn't like in his plan. It's he's done with the NFL and he's got a lot of money and he's bored and Urban Meyer goes and gets him. And then obviously some off the field stuff with Zach Smith and all that stuff that circled around that put him in a position where all of a sudden he's the wide receivers coach in 2018 and Terry McLaurin, Paris Campbell and Johnny Dixon happen and Brian Day keeps him on the staff and the rest is history. But this to the point of, yeah, Marcus Freeman seemed is where he is because this is where he thought he would be. Brian yeah. Hartline was just like a bored, retired athlete. He was like, fine, I'll come do this. And turns out he's pretty but good at it. I think that's something we need to keep in mind, though, when we talk about the future of Brian Hartline, though, because I, I don't know the guys become head coaches by accident, um, especially power five major head coaches. You know, Urban Meyer didn't become a head coach by accident. You know, these are guys who when you get when you meet them at early stages of their careers, you project this for them. I was around Marcus Freeman when he was the defensive coordinator at uh, Purdue several years ago now. And you already knew, well, that guy's going to be a head coach someday. Like you, just the way he carried himself, the way he talked, as you're saying, Doug, like it was something that he had saw for himself in his future and was working towards it. Um, Ryan Day, when you had met him, I'm assuming by the time he was in like what his late 20s. You're like, oh, that guy's going to be a head football coach. That's that's a head football coach in, in, in the making. He's progressing towards that. And we keep we talk about those guys. We would have talked about those guys in that realm because that is the person that they were at their essence. and They were working towards it. And I'm worried that with Brian Hartline, we keep jumping straight to this head coach thing just because of sort of his. I don't want to say celebrity. That's not the right word, because. It, but it's almost like, well, it's just because he's such a great assistant coach, a great position coach that at such a young age that he absolutely has to blossom into that. And I think that's maybe a flawed thinking. No, I just think that he is what a coach is going to look like in 15 years because Why? he relates to his players. He knows I, what he's talking about. And he played the game. That's why these kids keep coming here. Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm I'm 180 degrees from you, Nathan. The idea that like yeah. he didn't seem like he wanted to be a head coach when he wasn't 22. He's currently a coach and he's very skilled at it. So like that's sure. what I care about now. So I don't you think he's, you know, if, if he's not he just quits one day. Yeah. Do you think he just stops being a coach or do you think he just says I'm good being a, an assistant my whole life? Like what? What's his end game if it's not head coach in 15 years? I don't know. I mean, but I mean. Larry Johnson never became a head coach. And I know that there were probably some other situ reasons why that ha didn't happen for him early in his career, but there are guys who are great assistants and don't take that next step. And I don't, I don't assume that Brian Hartline would be one of those guys that would, that would take that next step. Again, I think it's, it has to be something that you want. It has to be something that. Give me an example of an, who are you thinking of a great assistant who never is a head coach? Well, I just said Larry Johnson. Yeah, but even that one, that's part of why he left Penn State. But he, he tried to job. be a head coach. Yeah. He wanted to be the head state, the Penn State head coach twice, and they didn't hire him. So, right. So we'll see if that, again, but the, that that showed that he had that initiative. And we don't know that that's the initiative that Brian Hartline has at this point. 
So I, I just, I don't know. We, we make these, it's interesting to compare Brian Hartline to Marcus Freeman just because of being similar ages and, and where they've gone in their careers. And yes, I know Brian Hartline had to detour to the NFL for a longer period that throws all of that off. I'm just not, I, I think he probably will be a head coach someday. I'm just not maybe as sold on it as you guys are. I think he wants all that stuff. He's just not thinking about it right now. And because he does have kind of that NFL mindset of like, just live in the moment. He does. He just doesn't talk about it as publicly as Marcus Freeman was when he was playing college football. And he still has little kids and stuff. And like, he's, he's very comfortable. Um, Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, I disagree. I'm a little, I'm a little, I just, the thing that I'm looking at that I think most people will look at is he's good at his current job and wouldn't you want to move up in your profession? And like, that's kind of it. So, and again, like the Larry Johnson example, it's not that Larry Johnson didn't want it. So, and it's not that Larry Johnson couldn't have done it. He just didn't get the chance. So I guess, are you making, well, I don't know. I think we're getting bogged down here. So we disagree. You can, I wouldn't have taken Heartline number one overall, I guess is what I'm saying. Was that okay. who you would have taken number one overall, Doug? Um, I mean, I think he's the most logical candidate in this category. So I think for that reason, it makes sense. If I was just making a list of everybody who might be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years, I probably wouldn't take him first. And I'll just take the guy that I think, I guess, I, who I would take first. Um, and I'll take Mike Rabel just because he's doing it at the highest level. And I do think he has a great affection for Ohio state and he's very successful right now with the Tennessee Titans. He'll be in his early sixties in 15 years. I would imagine he still will be a head coach at that time. And as much as we think about people like Brian Hartline and Marcus Freeman, you know, if, and when Ryan day leaves, you know, it'd be interesting. If Ryan Day leaves for the NFL, you're going to get an NFL guy to come back. Well, you might, because Mike Rabel is a Buckeye through and through. And I think that when we're talking about plans, I think being Ohio State's head coach is one of his plans. Now, maybe he'll have a better plan because he might have a couple Super Bowl rings, and he might be like, "I could be one of the best NFL head coaches of my generation. Why would I leave?" But he also might have done that for 10 years and be like, you know what? Now I do want to go do this. And I want to go back. This is the only place that I would go, but I'm experienced. I'm a no brainer. You know, they're going to come there. You know, if the next AD says, well, we could go try to get this guy, this guy, but what if we go get a guy with a Super Bowl ring? Who's an alum that could be a very attractive hire. He would be older and, and have all this great background. And so um, I just think he's a really good football coach who really cares about Ohio state. So I don't think it's a slam dunk to take him above other head coaches here, but I just like the fit. So I'll take Vrabel. He would be older, but not old. I think that's important that he wouldn't be. There's there's guys on this list that you would think of being these candidates, but then when you look at them closer, you'd be like, oh, that guy's going to be like in his late 70s. I don't think that is is where Ohio State's going to go with a head coach at that point, although we don't know. It's not like they're necessarily hiring someone in 2038. But um, the other thing, too, just practically thinking about it, like Vrabel's already been – the the Titans head coach for a few years like to have like a 20-year tenure as a NFL head coach is long so I don't think he'll still be it wasn't like I don't think he'll have to like leave the Titans to come coach Ohio State if it were being if we're happening at that stage yeah yeah he yeah he could be doing something else at that point so um just being like a gap year or two yeah, yeah. I, um 
Doug, since you covered him, and I was a kid who was paying attention to some degree, does Mike Rabel like recruiting? Because it felt it feels like he was trying. I'm just I want to go to the NFL because I want to coach football. I don't feel like dealing with calling 16 and 15 year olds every other day. You know, I mean, he went and got he started the Bosa train. Yeah, like okay, that's what, he, that's why he, he like, recruited I, Noah Spence. You know, okay, like, and, and I do think he could come back as a head coach. Would he want to be an assistant coach in college? No. Would he want to do what Greg Schiano did? I don't think he would do that. Would he come back and be the CEO and run the program and set the tone and build a culture and design a defense and hire people mm-hmm. and then close the deal with his Super Bowl ring? Yes, I think he would do that. I think okay. he would See, do that. That was my big thing is like, not so much is he good at recruiting? I, that's obvious, but like, just because you're good at something doesn't mean you like doing it. But I yeah, I can agree with that sentiment. If he wants to come back and be the CEO and basically pull a Pat Riley and just throw his rings on the table and say, you should come here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's time for my first pick. And I'm probably going to be the first person to to make Doug disappointed that I'm I'm drafting with a little bit of strategy here. But if you're giving points for someone just being at that stage, like a Power 5 or Big Ten head coach, regardless of whether they make it to Ohio State, I think this is a pretty safe pick. Brian Hartland already off the board. There are only so many current Ohio State assistants who seem like they are on a certain head coach track. So I'm going to take Justin Fry with this pick. Can I also ask a question? Does it have to be someone who's actually I think one of the on 10 staff. assistants? Okay. No, yeah, I was going to. Ohio State staff member. Okay, cool. Because one of my wild cards is like somebody in the building. Okay. No, I think that's a good pick because we all think that Justin Fry will be the head coach in the end. So you get all the big 10 points there. So, and, and again, just if, if, if we think someone is definitely going to be a head coach in college football in 15 years, that should push them farther up your list for something like this. But as we've seen before, as, as, as Steven was saying before that, even if sometimes it was just like fleeting Ohio connections, those do seem to kind of come back in Ohio state's history of hiring head coaches, not obviously with Ryan day, but in general, that has, that has come true. So just even if he's only here for a year or two or whatever before he starts his head coaching career or moves on to something else, I mean, he's been a coordinator already at um, the Big Ten and the future Big Ten level and just seems to be someone, as I was saying before, you can identify at a young age this guy saw on the horizon, I'm going to be a head coach. These are the steps I need to take to get there. This is the ladder I need to climb. And he's the son of a coach. And I think those guys sometimes just have it in their genes a little bit. Yeah, there's a Chris Ash vibe to him. So I think the question would be, will Justin Fry have been a head coach within the next 15 years? Yes. Will he still be or will he have gotten fired by the time actually we were 15 years out? Because Chris Ash wasn't good. And I don't know that Chris Ash is ever going to get another shot. So um, yeah, maybe you get a couple points for I'm not predicting that Justin Fry is going to not be successful but i do think yes will he be a head coach within the next 15 years yes i would say almost 100 percent. but the reasons chris ash is not a head coach today are not necessarily just because Rutgers didn't win games there were other things going on there too so i remember that yeah it was a contributing factor into why he probably won't be a head coach 15 also years a now. lot of losing do we say that they yeah. were terrible it, they it were, they were so bad. <laughs> yeah you can yeah you can you can usually like be a jerk and if you're this is not just in football, this is in all walks of life. You can be a jerk who succeeds and you'll kind of get by. You can be a good dude who sucks and yeah. you can kind of get by. You can't be a jerk who sucks. 
Like true. that doesn't that doesn't last. As a matter of fact, I think any what like with Steve Jobs, guys like that, and the guy who started Facebook, I can't remember. Mark Zuckerberg has taught us the more elite you are at something, the more of a jerk you can be. That's Doug raises his I think hand. Raising that maybe like the only thing I need to teach my son. It's like you can't yeah. be a jerk who sucks. T-shirt yeah. slogan. Yeah, I'd put that on his onesie. <laughs> We may do that. We may do it. He's running through them pretty quick these days. All right. We're going to take a break there. We're going to come back and start the second round of which guy with Buckeye ties will be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years. We'll keep working on that title. You're listening to Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, projecting ahead, player people with Ohio State ties who could be Ohio State head coach in 15 years. The first three picks, Brian Hartline to Steven, Mike Vrabel to Doug, Justin Fry to me. Steven, it's your pick again, round two. Yeah. Who you got? I'm going to go with another guy who is currently coaching wide receivers in college football. Um, I think there's decent value here. Uh, I also think, yeah. For yeah, real? Yeah. Yeah, I love that noise. Yes. I honestly think he'd be Ohio State's quarterbacks coach right now if Ohio State's like head coach wasn't a quarterback guy. Um, and his name is Kenny Guyton. He is the backup of all backups for Ohio State football. Um, a starter quality guy, played from 09 to 2013. And since he's, his career has ended, he has been a GA at Houston, and then he was Houston's wide receivers coach, and then Louisiana Tech, and then Colorado State. And right now he's at Arkansas. I can't believe you took him. That's why I want the first pick. It had nothing to do with the first round. It had to do with Kenny Guyton because I knew if I let Doug go before me twice, I wasn't getting Kenny Guyton. That's a great pick. I think he was, I think he, well, maybe I shouldn't, I won't give away any draft strategy, but I think that's a very, very strong pick. I think he's the best because we don't have everybody in our head who fits this category. Mm-hmm. It's a current non-Ohio State assistant Yep, with Ohio State ties. Right. Like there are there are definitely guys out there, but like we don't have. Yeah, we should actually say guys which category to mine. Yeah. We should say which category we're drafting from when we take these picks. So that's from the current yeah. non-OSU or NFL assistant category, Kenny Guyton. And I could have taken him as former OSU player, too. But, yeah, I'll put him in non-assistance. He's actually in the profession. And, and Kenny Guyton currently the receivers coach at, at Arkansas. Arkansas. Yep. First year. Well, second year. He was there last year as well. Right. So 31 years old, his foot is already in the door at the power five level. And 15 years is a very good like gestation period for someone like that to rise up and take a spot like this. He's good enough to like, honestly, be a story. What do you mean? Like, I think you could write like. I think if he's a coordinator in the next year and a half and you really wanted to write a story on is. This Ohio State's next head coach in 50 years, I think. Oh, well, if you know any journalists tell them that, they'll write the story, I guess. I will. I will. Just pick up the phone and call him. (laughs) What's stopping you? I don't need story ideas from you. (laughs) Write your own stories. 
No, he's, we've talked about it. We talked about it. I mean, like he's in the book. Mm -hmm. We talked about it. Yeah. He, he would like to be here at some point. I think he will be. I think he will. I think he will work for Ohio state at some point, certainly not guaranteeing he'll be the head coach, but I think there is room for him to be uh, an offensive assistant for Ohio state in the next five years. I think Doug really got gutted by that one. I wanted to take Guyton, but I think Doug was like, well, I'm going to get Guyton. I thought the, coming into this draft, did you think, well, I'm taking, I'm getting Kenny Guyton. Oh, I was definitely taking him next. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, and you can't, I mean, are we going to take Kenny Guyton in the first round? But yeah, no, I thought for sure I was going to get him. So I am gutted. So I think I might come back and I mean, we're getting, uh, it's, it's interesting how this is going because I know we don't want to get bogged down. We really want it to be reflective of really what we think of guys credentials and potential and that kind of thing. And we don't want it to only be about draft strategy, but like we didn't pick Marcus Freeman yet. So like, and I'm not, you know, it's sort of like Marcus Freeman, his meteoric rise spurred this whole thing, but we haven't taken him yet, but I guess I'll take the guy who currently has the job and I'll take Ryan day as my wild card because I certainly think there's a chance that he's the head coach in 15 years. Sure. Will Ryan Day, and this is one of those things, I can very remember, very specifically remember thinking this about Thad Mata and thinking like, oh, he's never going to get fired, right? That, that's one of those things you do as a young journalist. And you think, oh, this successful coach, he'll never get fired. And then it's like, oh, no, everybody gets fired. And every and Ohio State head football coaches get fired or forced out or have weird things. There's not a lot of people, you know, the list of people who got to end their careers at Ohio State completely on their own terms is very, very small. So you sit here and think right now about Ryan Day, and it's like, what? You're, no, come on. What would that even look like? What would it even look like? And I will say, I think it is harder to conjure with Ryan Day because even like it's like Thad Mata, what really happened with Thad Mata then? Well, he had this back surgery that went wrong and it affected his health, which affected his recruiting. And it kind of, you know, did all that. And like Urban Meyer, well, Urban Meyer, Kind of had a thing, you know, when he got here, it's like maybe he like played by Urban Meyer's rules a little bit. And okay, if that or he burned out or whatever. So he didn't exactly get fired, but he also wasn't exactly just a smooth ending to him. Right. And and Jim Tressel, I think, would have surprised people more that like oh, Tressel, he'll he'll be able to write his own ticket. But, you know, Cooper and Earl Bruce and Woody and just the, it's just it's just how it happens. But like right now, when you try to picture Ryan Day leaving Ohio State he's not the kind of guy you're like, well, he'll step in something, right? Is that you look at Ryan Day and be like, oh, he's going to, something's going to jump up and bite him. Something eventually. Now, again, we can't pretend we know for sure. It's big time college football. Who knows? Or you look at it and think, well, I don't know. You could see maybe the game will pass him by a little bit and they'll start falling behind. It's like, well, no, I don't really see that with him. So I think every time we conjure Ryan Day, not as Ohio State's head coach, it's because he chooses to leave for the NFL, right, Nathan? That's the only thing we see. Correct. Yeah. So what if he just doesn't do that? Or what if he doesn't do it yet? What if he wants to put in a good hard 20 years at Ohio State before he does that? Right. I don't it's That's, not it's certainly not impossible. People can be a head coach somewhere for 20 years. So he could be Ohio State's head coach 15 years from now. They can. It's just it's a little bit rare. I think when you get to that, because he would be going into his 19th year in this exercise that we're talking about. And I almost think sometimes when you get to that stage, your name has come up in directly in NFL rumors so many times, and you've probably had opportunities to go to the NFL, like legitimate opportunities, and you 
if you pass on enough of them, I wonder if they stop coming a little bit, but he'll still be so young that maybe that would still be an option for him. It just, it is rare anymore that someone stays somewhere 19, 20 years at this level of success, you know, and I think if we were doing this and it was, I, by the way, I think they is a great pick. I would have, he was high on my list, but if we were doing this five years from now, it's a better pick than if you're thinking about 15 years, just because there's that many more opportunities for the situation to arise. I mean, every year that goes by, Bill Belichick is more likely to retire. So yeah, <laughs> 15 years from now, he could have been retired for 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's just difficult because I mean, what if we're staring at Bobby Bowden and what yep. if we're mm-hmm. staring at, you know, Joe Paterno, Joe Paterno or whatever. And those guys are rare. What if we're staying at the staring at the modern day Woody Hayes? And they're rare. They are rare. They are rare, but they're not impossible. And how do they happen? How do they happen? Well, they happen because you're so successful that you become almost so powerful that you can withstand a little bump and your success just builds on itself and you have a machine that keeps rolling and all of that is possible for Ryan day. So most of our questions are, is that what he wants? And it is a crazy time right now. And the crazier college football gets, I think sometimes, you know, you just look at a guy like Ryan day and think for any successful college head coach, the more difficult it gets in college, does that make you think, you know what? The NFL is just football. I don't have to worry about conference realignment and NIL and all this other stuff. So I think that factors in. I think that the whirlwind right now probably lessens slightly, at least the chances of him being here in 15 years, but I certainly don't think it's an impossibility. No. What also helps is I mean, the, the guys we've mentioned, <clears throat> they're all synonymous with the programs that they're involved with. Like when you think of Penn state, you think of Joe Paul first. Well, not so much anymore because it's like some off field stuff, but with Woody Hayes, obviously he is Ohio state. How long does it, take Ryan day to get to be synonymous with Ohio state the same way some of those guys were, but then also um, I think he's just at the perfect age to make that happen. Nick Saban's entering year 16 at Alabama. So he's flirting with 20 and he's also 70 pushing 70 years old. Ryan day being here for 20 years. So he won't even be set. He'll be like 68 by the time he's in year 20. So maybe all the wild stuff that's going on. He'll be 58. He'll be 58. Yeah. 58. Wow. Math, he's, man. 40, he's 43 right now. So in 15 yeah. years, he'd be 58. That's why I wasn't a math major in college. Uh, but it, so, yeah, he'll still be a, a very young head coach if he stays here for 20 years, along with the fact that, yes, all this stuff is crazy right now in college football. But as we've kind of talked about with some of this USC, UCLA stuff, eventually it'll settle and we'll get to what the end game here is. And one would think you would like to see the fruitful side of this since you're dealing with all the madness. So you guys touched on a couple of things I want to comment on. Saban's interesting, but but he had gotten to a point where A, he's much later in his career, and B, he had turned Alabama into something that was better than NFL job, and he already took his NFL shot to come back to, to Bama. He left the NFL to come back to Bama. But also this idea, Doug, it's interesting that you brought up like Woody and Bowden and Paterno because – and some of this may be us looking – in retrospect, because we saw them throughout their careers, and that defines how we look at them. We might have looked at them, I guess, differently when they were 43. But like to, to me, those guys all seem like college football at their heart guys who then built that machine. 
wherever they were. Like they, you know, Woody Hayes turned Ohio State into what it really is. Joe Paterno built the Penn State thing. Bobby Bowden built the Florida State monster. And whereas Ryan Day, we it, it goes back to what you were saying before, like what we actually think of of him as as his goals, what 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 is inside of him. And he always seemed like an NFL guy who came to a place where there already was a success. It, it just always kind of seemed like a stepping stone for him. Not just that he was going to take any job, but that he seemed destined to the NFL because that seemed like such a part of his identity, right? Well, it's one of those things. We're past the era of like where you can be the first guy at a big-time yeah. program, right? All that's happened. So, so yes. I mean, I do – Pat Fitzgerald has been at Northwestern for 16 years. And Pat Fitzgerald took over at Northwestern when he was younger than Ryan Day. He's like three years older than Ryan Day or four years older than Ryan Day now. But I don't know. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald's had, you know, I don't know if it was offers, but interest from, I think, Notre Dame and Michigan and the Green Bay Packers over the years. And he's rejected all of them to stay at Northwestern. Now, of course, he's an alum and that's a little bit different. But again, you might just wind up in it is different than Ryan Day. You might just wind up in a really good situation. You know, you might, and, and again, like I'm just looking at a story right now from Penn live from 2016. That's headlined the five times Joe Paterno almost left Penn state, including one time he was furious that he didn't leave. I know the jets came after him one time, some other schools. So it's one of those things, even the guys that we think about forever, they thought about it. They thought about leaving and then something made them stay. So, you know, it's not Ryan day in the next 15 years. Will Ryan day think about leaving 1000%. Will he be offered good jobs? I would say 95%. He will be offered very good jobs and have a chance to leave. But it doesn't mean he'll take it. It doesn't mean guaranteed he'll take it. So the other thing I wanted to bring up that that you guys brought up in your conversation, as college football gets more crazy, we've kind of brought up this concept of the NFLization of college football. And there's a part of me that wonders if there is like a a, a hot break or whatever you want to call it. Like right now, it's just boiling and boiling and boiling. And at some point something happens where you get the NFLization without the craziness and that that makes staying at a place like Ohio state more appealing to Ryan day. If the only difference between the NFL and college and college football, is just that in one level you recruit and the other level you draft, it might actually be a better fit to stay at Ohio State because you get picks one through through fifteen. While in the NFL draft, you only get pick seventeen, pick ninety seven, pick one hundred and seventy two. I think it's more just like yeah, this the, the craziness that right now, right now, it just has to stabilize. Right now, mm-hmm. there's just so much volatility in the sport, and I think that that probably does make people like Ryan Day, who are very much creatures of habit and like to to be in control of the situation. I think that makes them uneasy right now, but we're figuring some of this stuff out, whether it's NIL, whether it's transfers, whether it's whatever, and three or four years from now, it, he may be more comfortable again and people like him may be more comfortable again. I think that's good. And then, it, yeah, then it comes down to, I mean, in the NFL, the NFL is built for parity. You know, everybody's supposed to go nine and eight or eight and nine. You have to deal with an owner that might not be rational. And probably if you have a good relationship with your AD and your president, you'd probably maybe rather deal with your AD and your president than an owner that you don't know if you can trust him. Um, And I do think Ryan Day, I think, is no surprise, like very ambitious. So then you start thinking about, I want to be known as being one of the best at this. So then you can go do that in the NFL at the highest level. But one of the other things you can do is try to be one of the five or 10 best college football coaches of all time. 
And you get a ring and now, oh, I've won two. And now what if I win a third? And now if I can get the five ring, you know, that could be out there for him too. And then it's like you have three rings and you think you could win two more in the next six years and you're 52 years old and you're going to leave that to take the Falcons job. Right. Well, I think that's a good point though, though. I think we've already seen, or, or it's been rumored that we've already seen that like there were overtures for Ryan day, but he gets to pick his owner that he'll be in that situation. He won't be a college coach who has to take the first NFL overture that comes in order to make that jump. He'll get to pick the owner that he wants to go play for because he is in such a good situation at Ohio state. And frankly, he's getting paid so much at Ohio state that he'll get to um, make sure that he is in a good situation and not with a crazy owner to some extent, I think. Yeah. So, but there's only, you know, there's only 32 of those jobs. Sure. And the good ones sometimes don't come open. The ones that come open, a lot of the bad ones. So that is a good point. So we've been talking a long time. We just spent the longest time talking about Ohio State's current head coach on a draft of guys who will be their head coach in 15 years. But I think that makes sense uh, in, in context. So my pick, and I'm going to – so this is someone who I think there's a convergence here between having the most obvious credentials in some way, but also – maybe you're getting to a point where you're thinking that it's just not going to happen. And, and it, he's looked in a different way and Ohio state will look in a different way, but the credentials are so strong. That I'm going to go ahead and take Luke fickle here. Dang it. Luke fickle as a current head coach. Why did you take Luke fickle over Marcus Freeman? Because Luke fickle has actually accomplished things as a head coach, which Marcus Freeman hasn't done anything yet. Uh, Luke fickle, um, has even been Ohio state's head coach for that brief moment. Um, Not a successful moment, but also a, a trying moment for the program. Um, Now the person who is Ohio state's athletic director in 2038 may have no connection to Luke fickle, which would maybe be a factor here too. But I just think it's someone that, as you said, like college football is really about to turn on its head if it hasn't already. I don't know what the future of something like the Big 12 in Cincinnati is, but if, if he continues to have this kind of success, I think there, would, there will be support for him. I think, again, if you're, if you're talking about outside chance that he's Ohio State's head coach, but getting you somewhere on the board to get you points in 15 years, I, I think it's a very safe pick. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple. There's, there's two other guys. There's three guys that I think of kind of in the same group. Luke Fickle and two other guys that are also head coaches that also have a similar yep. pedigree. Yep. And um, they all would have been good picks. I'm just surprised again, like we're kind of doing this because Marcus Freeman is in his mid thirties and is a head coach at Notre Dame and we haven't picked him yet, but um, yeah, no, I mean, Fickle is an obvious choice. Steven, you're up. Thinking Marcus Freeman. I just, I think I know who the other two guys Doug is talking about. Um, I think those three guys, I'm just not sure if they're that next level head coach yet that can take the program where you're supposed to be good and like do that job. I think there are some people who are like, like Patrick Gerald, there are some people who are always going to be better when they're elevating talent to being better than it's supposed to be than guys who are taking every five-star recruit and every top 100 recruit and trying to win national titles. And I think that might be the difference between Marcus Freeman and Luke Fickle. 
And Marcus Freeman is going to have an opportunity here to kind of prove that because he's at the brand that is Notre Dame. Yeah. So, Doug, why he just might have the it factor that Luke Fickle just might not have. And that matters at these blue blood schools. So, Doug, if it it seems so obvious because he's so young and is at a level like Notre Dame already and has such Ohio State ties, why didn't you take him with either of your first two picks? Well, because I think Vrabel, as an established NFL head coach who has won at that level, who I think would have a strong inclination to be interested in coming back, is maybe the one guy who would trump sort of the rest of that group because he's in the NFL already. And then day is the coach right now. <laughs> so that's why I took day. Um, but, uh, do, but do I we think any of the stuff that's happened since Marcus Freeman, no, 15 years is a long time no. for junk to get like swept under the rug, but some of the talking that's gone on in the first no. couple months that he's been annoying, no. you think they'll have no effect. No, it's just it's normal nothing. trash talk. Like it's, it's nothing. Not, it's nothing like actually impactful. He's just talking. Trash. I really don't even think it was trash talk. I think it's some of it's stuff that got really overblown, but yeah, you know, from you, you, you have to, you know, sometimes people hold grudges. Sometimes influential people hold grudges. Money people hold grudges. Um, I don't think it should necessarily be a factor. I'm just curious if we think it would be. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be. So this is now this is now getting into some uh, more difficult territory um, because there there are less obvious people jumping out. I mean, I'll say you you guys might take him as a wild card. Mel Tucker's the other guy that I think of when I think mm-hmm. about. Marcus Freeman, Mel Tucker, Luke Fickle, all defensive-minded guys, all with strong Ohio State ties. Mel didn't play here the way that Luke and Marcus did, but he has a strong connection to Jim Tressel. He coached with the Browns as well as Ohio State. He's from Cleveland. He's Michigan State's head coach. Mel Tucker, I think, is a very good pick. Will he ever be Ohio State's head coach? I would say no. He's he's a little bit older than especially Marcus, but even than Luke. Um, and so, but will he be like a big time college, a big time head coach in college football in 15 years? I would say there's a pretty decent chance of that. So I think he would be a very good pick, but I can't take him here. So, you know, when I think about current Ohio state players, cause that's kind of the more, the most fun, interesting thing here. One of the things that's tough is like, there's a guy in my head who I think might have like a super long NFL career. And it's like, well, then will he be a college head coach that quickly in 15 years? He might still be in the league in 15 years. Like Marcus Freeman hit like a very particular niche sort of in that his, and and again, it was, it was a health issue that knocked that ended his playing career and got him into coaching so quickly and so early that when you're thinking of like current players, you're almost trying to find guys who you don't think are going to be super like long-term NFL players because it gets them into coaching faster. And there's a former Ohio state player who I have in my head that I think could really maybe be good at this coaching thing. But I think he also might be too successful as an NFL player. He's there now and he's the guy that's in my head, but I just think he might play too long, but, but Vrabel also went immediately from the field to coaching and was like a pretty quick transition. So you also can do something like this, but I don't necessarily have strong feelings. I have another guy in mind. He's not a current, he's a staffer. He's not a current full-time assistant, 
in college football or in the NFL, but he's employed by a team. He would still count, right? He would still count for that category for I a think current non-Ohio. Non, yes, non-OSU assistant slash NFL coach. Moon by yeah. coach, we, 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 I think we should define coach broadly. Yeah, man. Okay. I'm, I'm very, very torn here on uh, trying to figure out who I want to take. I'm just going to take a guy. He doesn't fit what I'm talking about because I think he's too good of a player. Man, I'm going to take Paris Johnson because I think he's got a little something. And I think he's really smart. And I think he's really um, pragmatic. And I can see him. Listen, we know he's a journalism guy, but journalism guys can veer into coaching. I don't know that Paris Johnson has ever once in his life said that he wants to be a coach. I know he has coaching in his family. Um, I think he's, I think linemen make good coaches sometimes because you really have to understand the game. And then my fear with this is like, well, Paris Johnson still might be like a pro bowler in the NFL in 15 years. Like, what are you doing here? So this is a, I'm not exactly threading the needle on this, but I guess I'm staking my claim on current guys on the current roster that I think could be a successful head coach in football. Paris Johnson is one of the guys that I think of first. So I'm not sure that it makes the most sense or it's the greatest pick, but he's the guy I'll take. Well, I think the exercise here is more about trying to identify credentials than trying to hit the bullseye on time in a guy's life, right? Yeah. And I think you followed kind of the essence of that here. I don't think I would have taken him because I probably would think too much more about that timeline. And like, I think you're right that I don't know that Paris Johnson has really talked about coaching. He, uh, frankly, some of the other things he's involved with in his life, he may shoot higher than being a football coach. Yeah, he may be yeah. looking at something else. He may be going Anthony Gonzalez. He may be going something along those lines. Right. But um, I think it's a really smart pick. I, if you're talking about just guys on this current roster who have the gravitas and the like football intelligence and charisma, I think was a word you used that I think is just the most underrated thing in the world in some ways. Like that's as it comes to like team sports. I think that's he, he fits all those. He checks all those boxes. His stepdad is Mike Daniels, who is yes. the head coach at Princeton and then the recruiting coordinator at Buffalo. And now he's the running backs coach at Georgia Tech. So he's got a yep. pretty good person to learn from there. Um, I like the pick. I also think that in the world of you know players having their own podcast, that if he's ever a head coach, he's going to do the Draymond Green thing and have no immediate availability. It'll just be him yeah. talking on his podcast ever, every, after every game. He'll only talk to people who covered him and as a player in college. So we'll all be good to go. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I was also teed up to take an Ohio state player here. Actually. Um, I was hoping I'd be the first one to, to break that dam, but it's someone who checks a lot of the boxes you just talked about, Doug, except for, while I think he probably will be an NFL player. I don't know that he, he doesn't have the ceiling that Paris Johnson does, which is not a knock against him because Paris Johnson's ceiling is still so high. Uh, but someone who's football intelligence, and, and things have, have already sort of been demonstrated. I'm going to take Luke Whipler here as my future Ohio State, former current Ohio State player, future Ohio State head coach. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Uh, linemen, linemen are good picks. And uh, the way he thinks about the game. And then, I mean, it's just no offense to Luke Whipler, but is Luke Whipler going to play in the NFL for 15 years? 
maybe not the center. I think he, no. can, he, he can play in the NFL. I don't know that he's going to play for 15 years. So again, that, that kind of, is it more of a Marcus Freeman trajectory where you play, I mean, hopefully he doesn't have the, the health issue, but like you can play a little bit and then start that coaching career and start rising. But just the way he talks about football too, he's already there just a couple years into his Ohio state career. Um, now he is still also a little bit younger too. So that complicates it as far again, as you're trying to hit the bullseye on that timeline, but just credential wise, you're looking at the essence of a guy, whether you think that's a head, football coach someday I, he just has that vibe to me i think that's good i think that's a good pick steven kick off the fourth round here you have taken so far a current assistant brian hartline a non-ohio state assistant kenny guyton and a current head coach in marcus freeman so you have two more categories and a wild card that you can pick from yeah i'm really rocking with the wide receiver vibe that my draft is going with and i'm gonna stick with it once again i'm gonna get mad again i have a guy (laughs) in my head i'm about to get mad again let's see first hold on i think this guy can look at brian hartline's life and just go i can do that and it's terry mclaurin are you freaking kidding me (laughs) yeah oh yeah He was here, um, Terry McCorn was, when they were doing um, workouts a couple of weeks ago. They let him speak to the team. He's a captain. He was here for five years. Um, he is not like the prototypical five-star who ends up being an NFL superstar. He had to work for his offer a little bit. An extension of the coach. for I mean, what a room Brian Hartline got to walk into in 2018 with three captains kind of led by Terry McLaurin there. And now his, his NFL career is going a lot better than maybe anybody would have projected just like Brian Hartline. So what if, you know, hey, Brian Hartline head coach looks at Terry McLaurin and 15 years ago, hey, you're bored. Come over here. And then we do this all over again. That's a bit of the fan fiction, but I do think he has coaching in his future. This is the category that I'm the weakest in as far as having a good perspective on, I feel like. And I just based on Doug's reaction, I know how great of a pick this was. He's so smart. Mm-hmm. He's such a natural leader. He's such a natural leader. I think is a lot like Vrabel in that kind of way that Vrabel was just an absolute natural leader as a player, which allowed him to step immediately from the field into a big time coaching job because he practically was a coach while he was a player and he played for a long time. And I could see Terry McLaurin having a kind of career where he just got paid as a number one receiver. He is a number yep. one, number one receiver in the NFL. But maybe toward the end of that career, maybe he's not a number one receiver anymore. He's slowing down a little bit, but he's more like a number two or a number three who's like a coach in the locker room who everybody is saying, oh, my gosh, that guy. And we certainly are hiring in college and the NFL younger and younger coaches. You know, guys are getting hired in their 30s now. And I don't know that Terry McLaurin would go from the field to a head coach immediately. But I think he's I think he's exactly that kind of guy. Right. That the, he he checks, as you said, Stephen, he checks so many boxes from his personal story to his personality attributes. And he's so I think he's uh, the thing I like about Terry is he's really measured. Right. When you t- I mean, he really is thoughtful, but he's also like really passionate that I think that like he he, he really strikes the balance of both of those. And um I really thought I was going to have a, have a group with Kenny Guyton and Terry McLaurin on my roster. And I have neither of them. And this is as, as upset during a draft. I think that I've ever been on Buckeye talk. 
This it, these drafts are not fun unless somebody gets mad. Unless somebody's like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Like if somebody doesn't I'm say that at least once on the draft, we should probably just delete the episode because that's the whole point of this. Well, well, yes, we are trying to like you know actually identify and and have an intelligent conversation. If we're not just really ruining the other person's day, I don't know why we're even doing this. Can yeah. I say that this one was more satisfying than the Kenny Guy one because I think that one was kind of obvious. That was that, pretty obvious. Yeah, you. it was kind of a ticking time bomb for who was going to pick him. So if you don't get him in the second round, you're not getting them. I got really good value for Terry McLaurin here in the fourth round. And it's just the buildup. I'm, I'm talking about him, and you can just see Doug's face getting more angry and angrier as I'm building up the name Terry McLaurin. I love this pick. I mean, I definitely should have taken McLaurin instead of Paris Johnson. And then I could have gotten Paris now. Because um, I don't – now when I think about, like, just – because when we're talking about – former Ohio state player, right? Cause if that former Ohio state player is an assistant somewhere, then he slides into the assistant spot. Does he mm-hmm. not? Correct. So, you know, there are some guys who are former Ohio state players who are now assistants places who I think about here. But when I think about either somebody who's in the NFL or just like, isn't playing, but also just sort of isn't coaching yet, you know, that, I don't have anybody who leaps to the front of mind in the same way that Terry McLaurin does. So um, I'm going to have to pass on that category for the moment. And I will take, this is, I'll take a current non-Ohio state assistant, a guy who's on a staff somewhere and has Ohio state ties, but it's not an Ohio state. And I'll take Tom Herman, who is Hmm. an offensive analyst at least it was last year with the Chicago bears. He's really, I think taking some downtime because I think Texas set him on fire, but Texas is a tough, odd place. And my co-host on the college football survivor show, Shahan J. Haraja has a lot of knowledge. He lives in Texas and just the way things operate at the university of Texas is just different. The boosters are all over everything. There is sort of an expectation that, Frankly, the history of the program is actually never really met, and it's a it can be a very odd place to be a head coach. And I don't think he did a great job of handling it. He also didn't exactly go down in flames, right? They could have given him a little more time, and they didn't. But he was really good at Houston. I think he's going to take time and reset, and I think he will get another chance. And, you know, it's one of those things. He's all over the place. He went to college in California. He he coached in Texas. He coached at Iowa State. Now he came to the Big Ten. He could go anywhere geographically. But if there was like a mid-tier Big Ten program that has an opening in two years and they hire, you know, if PJ Fleck leaves for a bigger job and Minnesota hires Tom Herman, like I think that could be like a really good hire. Do I think Tom Herman will ever be Ohio State's head coach? No, I don't. Do I think Tom Herman will be a power five college coach 15 years from now. Yes, I do. He might be, he might have gone somewhere, gotten fired there and then be somebody else, but I think he'll just be in sort of the mill and he's sort of taken a timeout right now, but I think he still has some pretty good attributes. So I'll take him for this specific assistant somewhere else category. Obviously we'll be down to a power two in 15 years anyway, but, but by, by what we now consider the power five. Yes. Yes. I think I'm a little shocked right now that, He's not in Nick Saban's rehabilitation school. Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien didn't leave. So if Bill yeah. O'Brien would have left after last year, he might have had Tom like Herman a, on yeah. speed dial. 
Because that seems like a perfect fit, especially for what the quarterback Bryce Young is right now. Like, that would seem like a logical fit. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Doug, that I don't know that he would ever actually be a State head coach. Because even with 15 years of accomplishment, it's hard. I, you'd have to how are you how are you selling a guy that didn't that failed at Houston as Ohio State's future head coach? I mean, but at the same time, if you were to if you were to go somewhere else and be a head coach and have success, if you were to go somewhere and do what Luke Fickle just did at Cincinnati, yeah, now now it changes a little bit, and he's got I think, being on the offensive side of things. I think you could sell it actually because he was really good at Houston. It's just Texas was like a dumpster fire to begin with already, <laughs> and so like. You're selling, hey, he's right, actually a really yeah, good head. Yeah. yeah, he's actually a really good head coach. Look at what he did at Houston. Imagine if he had like a functioning athletic department behind him. Yeah, yeah I misspoke. It wasn't Houston wasn't the, the problem. It was the, mm-hmm. what followed. Uh, although I don't know. I mean, has Ohio State in any major sport ever hired somebody who was fired from any previous job? That would be that is a thing. Uh, right? yeah. I, was, was Chris Holman fired at Gardner Webb? No, no, he just left. He just he moved just on. The bu- yeah, he just moved on. But he, he just, wasn't like I don't think they were like really good at Gardner. Yeah, he was. There. I mean, he had like one decent year, but yeah, it it wasn't to the point where you wouldn't think he was going to be Ohio State basketball head coach after he left Gardner Webb. No, right. But he just went to Butler to to yeah. yeah. Have got how small head coaches go be an assistant sure. in a bigger program. Yeah. Um. So that would be. I mean, it's a little bit of like a perception, sort of like the fired Texas guy. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it would ever happen. But at any other big a, 15 years is a long time. It would come up in his news conference. Why are you hiring somebody who was fired at another program? It and would you have to up. be able to say, because he just won the national championship at wherever yeah. or he just went to the, he just got to the, the final four of the playoff with Purdue or whatever. Yeah. But I definitely think Tom Herman could be um, Oklahoma's head coach in 15 years. Well, actually, they wouldn't take a fired Texas coach either. Could be Florida State's head coach in 15 years. Yeah, I, I could see it. So I'm like you, Doug. I don't see, again, like I said, former OSU players like my weakest category. So I'm going to take someone. It's a little bit of a flyer, but just, again, based on like what little we know about someone and um, kind of the stage that they set while they're here, I'm going to take C.J. Saunders. As someone who was, you know, the, the walk-on turned captain, and you, know, you gave the uh, inspiring speech at halftime of the Big Ten championship game when he was on crutches and everything, and uh, I feel like there's a lot of storyline there that plays well at a press conference 15 years down the line. He's at, he was getting some NFL time right now. Um, who knows how long that lasts? But he seems like a guy because he was already in talks to have a position on Ohio State staff before he got an NFL opportunity. So his toe has already kind of been in the water a little bit. Seems like he will wade back in there when the playing days are done. Uh, as, as we're throwing darts at, at, at guys who just left the staff but haven't or just left the roster but haven't started their coaching careers, he seems like as, as good a dart throw as anybody. T.J. Saunders is definitely going to be coaching football somewhere one day. Now, will it be at the college level? I don't know, but he's definitely going to be coaching football someday. You guys are caught in the walk-on whirlwind. You guys love the storyline. It's like, why would you pick someone who's actually more talented and actually has done more things? It's like, this guy gave a speech one time. Let's pick him. Okay, well, you have all (laughs) the, the former Ohio State players to pick from, but you were the one who just said, 
well, you took one guy, and now I don't know which former Ohio State. No, player. no, no. I, I agree. Years, but I agree. No, I, that's true. That's true. And I didn't want to be in that position after someone else took CJ Saunders. I, I it, they're all dart throws at this point because it's mm-hmm. it, you're talking about some guys who it's it's a weird combination of you're really just talking about current NFL players almost because if you've left Ohio State, you've been gone for several years, and you haven't gotten into coaching. Are you going to be a head coach anywhere in 15 years? So it's it's a it's a really narrow category we're trying to pick from there. It is. It is. Because, like, is again, it- I, there, there are some guys – well, I don't want to name – well, uh, there, there are some guys who have left Ohio – who are former Ohio State players who are slowly working their way up the assistant ranks, mm-hmm. right? They're like – there's Jim Cordell is yep. on a staff. Mike Brewster is on a staff. Guys like that. But guys like that, I think, would now fall into the – not Ohio State That's, assistant category yeah. rather than the former player category. So there are there are guys like that uh, a lot of different places. That's just two names I threw out. Um, but like, yeah, as you said, Nathan, the guys who who don't fit that. I actually have a guy that I think I'm going to take and I'm not going to necessarily be in love with the selection. But it is a tough window to try to feel like like. But Brian Hartline would have hit this at some point because Brian Hartline was like bought a convenience store. And Brian mm-hmm. Hartline, when it was like, hey, who are you taking in your draft? It's like, I'm actually taking this former NFL receiver who currently bought a convenience store. It's like, what? It's like, well, he's not coaching anyway. So like that, but it is a hard window to try to find. Let's take our second break there. We're going to come back. We've got two more rounds to go in this draft of guys with Buckeye ties who would be Ohio State's head coach in 15 years. You're listening to Buckeye Talk. All right, we've got two rounds to go. Let's recap what we've done so far real quick. Steven, you have taken Brian Hartline as a former uh, – I'm sorry. Brian Hartline is a current Ohio State assistant. Kenny Guyton as a non-Ohio State assistant. Marcus Freeman as a current head coach. Terry McLaurin as a former Ohio State football player. Two of those four picks cut Doug to his core. Doug, you have taken Mike Vrabel as the current a current head coach. Ryan Day is the wild card from the same category. Paris Johnson is a current Ohio State player. Tom Herman as a non-Ohio State assistant. I have taken Justin Fry as a current assistant. Luke Fickle as a current head coach. Luke Whipler as a current Ohio State player. C.J. Saunders as a former Ohio State player. So, Stephen, you still have a um, you have wild card left, and you have former Ohio State player. No, no you took you took McLaurin. You have current Ohio State player left. So two picks. I'm oh, going to get picks. I'm going to get the first name on on the board of every single one of these categories. I love this. I'm having a heck of a draft. I'm taking my wild card here. And I'm glad that we uh specified the fact that like anybody on Ohio State staff is not necessarily just a 10 assistant, because I'm taking Keenan Bailey. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> He's been here seven years. He's now the head uh, QC. He's basically baby Brian, Brian Hartline. Like, seriously, watching them two walk alongside each other is, like, almost weird. I mean, he's going to be an assistant coach on somebody's staff in the next two years here probably. As uh, He probably could have been an assistant coach on somebody's staff this past year had he not gotten the raise from Ohio State. As a matter of fact, I think Notre Dame came after him along with a bunch of other people when Marcus Freeman was building his staff. So it's only a matter of time there. He's now in a position where it's like taking the right job and he's on the trajectory to be a head coach in college football. Well, he came from Notre Dame because he he was with Tony Alford, knew him at Notre Dame and Tony Alford, who also came from Notre Dame, um, helped bring Keenan Bailey here. So this is one of those, uh, 
where I this is your wild this is card. your wild card pick. So I still have a guy in this category, but it is when you start looking around like the current staffers, you know, 15 years from now, Larry Johnson, too old. Jim Knowles will be too old. I think Kevin Wilson, too old. You know, I'm not taking Corey Dennis. I'm not taking Parker Fleming, although Parker Fleming was sort of like a version of Keenan Bailey, who then got promoted and got mm-hmm. a big time job. So like actually so Corey was, Dennis kind of was Corey too. Dennis was too. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. I realize Corey Dennis. So like, I, you know, they're, they're kind of both like a, a sort of a step ahead of Keenan Bailey right now. So I think like if you're using the Keenan Bailey reasoning, you could apply that same reasoning to Corey Dennis or Parker Fleming if you wanted to. We already took Brian Hartline and Justin Fry, and then there's only a couple guys left. So I would have said I was between two people for my Ohio State staffer pick, and I think I had decided that I wasn't going to pick Keenan Bailey, but Keenan Bailey was going to be the runner-up to the person I am going to pick. So I definitely was thinking about him. So I'm not as angry as I was about Terry McLaurin and Kenny Guyton, but you did take someone I was thinking about. Doug, you still have current assistant and you still have current Ohio, no, former Ohio State player to take. Okay. So I will take as the former Ohio State player. I don't love this pick. It's perhaps, it, it might just be a lack of creative thinking that I just can't think of somebody else at the moment who's not already coaching who would fit this but I'll take JT Barrett and he is sort of like hanging around try, you know, on the edges of professional football. He had the thing where he was in Canada and then he got released and they signed Cardale. And he's been, you know, sort of on the fringes of all this stuff, but just knowing who JT Barrett is the way he handles himself, you know, he has a lot of those leadership characteristics. He has a lot of those. um, I think, very thoughtful, but yet very passionate kind of characteristics. A lot of quarterbacks go into the biz. So I don't know if he wants to do that, but there wasn't another guy currently in the NFL that just was like leaping to mind for me. And if you guys have, because you guys have already made your picks here. If you have anybody else that you were thinking about, I just was so locked in on McLaurin and so surprised when he got taken ahead that I kind of didn't know where else to go. So I think JT Barrett's an okay pick. I don't love it, but I think it's okay. Yeah. I think it, it, after we wrap this up, we can probably throw out a couple names of, of in, if anybody doesn't get picked in some categories that we thought were, were sort of obvious. We want to make sure that we get through these six categories without going too long. Um, hmm. Well, so I still have to pick wild card and I still have to pick uh, current, non-OSU or NFL assistant. Uh, Don't love that category at the moment. So I guess I'm going to take somebody else who is in another category. Um, I'm going to take Jeff Halfley. Another young head coach right now, only spent one year here, um, has done some decent things at Boston College, getting started. And... Maybe in 15 years, he is Ryan Day's defensive coordinator in the NFL or something like that. But someone who um, we, I think, saw, you know, the kind of, at least I, speaking for myself, I think you saw some of the attributes of a, a future successful head coach with him. He made the jump when he did, I think, because, not because he was 
desperate to be Boston College's head coach, but because he probably wants to climb for more. Now, he may be another guy who ultimately thinks of himself as an NFL coach. But just based on age, based on getting early experience, based on what he could do in the next 15 years to enhance his resume, I'll take uh, Halfley as my wild card. So I knew, I think there was some perception maybe that Halfley jumped a little early. He is a Northeast guy. And if you want to cult, be a cultural fit at your first head coaching job, there's not a ton of jobs to pick from in the Northeast. Yeah. Boston College is about as good as it gets. I mean, I think he maybe could have had Rutgers if he wanted it. I think he picked Boston College instead. Um, so I think, I think he did feel like it was a fit. He's 43. Tucker is 50. Mel Tucker is 50. So I think like that's a, a choice. That's a choice there. Um, I think it's, again, 15 years from now, I think it's pretty likely that both Mel Tucker and Jeff Halfley are big-time college head coaches. I think that makes sense. I think, again, I think Halfley and Day are kind of both say the same kind of thing in that, yes, they were in the NFL for some period of time, but I think they both would say, well, but we're college guys, right? We're college guys who were just in the NFL Mm -hmm. for a little bit. So, you know, Ryan Day may wind back up in the NFL, but I don't know. I, I just think I've, and I've talked about it on the Penn State podcast. You know, the new Penn State AD is the, was the Boston College AD. He wasn't the Boston College AD that hired Jeff Halfley, but he worked with Jeff Halfley. So I think you keep Jeff Halfley on your radar, not just for Penn State, but for kind of any, but again, I think, I think Penn State might be like Jeff Halfley's dream college job as a Northeast. Yeah. Northeast. I, yeah. I think that's his ceiling, a big job like Penn State. I'm not sure. He's Ohio State quite level with and, and would still be worth big points in this exercise. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. It's not a, I'm not sure. knocking it at all. I'm just, you know. Yeah. It's like yeah. The, the differences between the two are minute, but they're just enough that like why James Franklin wouldn't be Ohio State's head coach. But he's perfect but, at Penn State. But I do think Mel Tucker is already if we're giving points, we're giving more points for a Big Ten job than a different power five job. Mel Tucker already mm-hmm. has one of those jobs. And I do think, again, Mel Tucker is, is older than Halfley. But if Ryan Day left in four years yeah, yeah, and Mel Tucker had continued to be really good at Michigan State, I think Mel Tucker would be like a, a very strong candidate yes. to be Ohio's to replace Ryan Day in 2027. I and, consider that. A, and a stronger yep. candidate than Jeff Halfley would be. So um, I, I guess that means we've made our wildcard picks that Mel Tucker is not going to get picked in this draft. And I think we all thought about him. And if we all barely, he was barely edged out by somebody for a variety of reasons. Um, but it, and it's one of those things The half, as we said, you don't have to have a huge Ohio state connection to be Ohio state's head coach. Halfley qualifies for this draft because he was an Ohio state assistant for one year and he has no other association with Ohio state, but guess what? Like Pete Carroll didn't have a super strong association with Ohio state before he was briefly here as an assistant coach and he would qualify for this, you know? So um, yeah, there's a lot of good candidates. There's a lot of good candidates. I do think maybe in the end, maybe one of us should have picked Mel Tucker somewhere and he's not going to get picked, but I think Halfley's good. All right. We are in the final round. Steven, you have to pick a current Ohio state player. I'm taking a Mecca Buka. Um, I've talked to him recruiting and then obviously we've talked to him since he's in here. He's really smart. And I think he wants to be a coach. If I remember correctly, after his career is done, once again, sticking with the wide receivers here. And 
as we get to talk to him more, I think you guys will start to see that as well. Like he just kind of gives off that presence of somebody who might be a head coach one day somewhere. Multi-sport athlete, five-star recruit, all that stuff is great. But I think like his long-term goal is to be a, is to be a coach. So your six picks are Ohio State's current receivers coach, Ohio State's assistant receivers coach, a guy who's a receivers coach at Arkansas, a former Ohio State receiver who's in the NFL, and a current Ohio State receiver, and Marcus Freeman. So five of your guys are receiver-related. That's interesting because I I don't think that traditionally that would be a position necessarily where you would think that receivers – but I also think it's an indication of the way the game is changing a little bit. And obviously um, your understanding of the passing game really, really matters. And it's also, I think just uh, the role that, rec- you know, there was a time, this is you know probably 20 years ago. Where it's like, Oh, receivers are divas. You know, that's all anybody thought about receivers are mm-hmm. divas. And it's like, well, you've got to be really smart to understand defenses, to figure out how all this stuff pieces together. And, you know, I don't think you, there's no divas on your list. I mean, like Brian Hartline and Terry McLaurin and Emeka Egbuka and Kenny, these are all grinders, man. So um, I do think it's, uh, it's funny, but I also think it's, it's indicative a little bit of sort of the way where the game is right now. It's almost like quarterbacks becoming coaches isn't crazy, but then also like CJ Stroud, if he ends up doing everything that he wants to do in his career, he probably doesn't have to coach. He can just go do whatever he wants because he's making a lot of money as a quarterback, which is why, okay, what's the next position in line in this world of you probably want an offensive geared guy to be your head coach. It's probably a receiver offensive line. You know who was a receivers coach? Urban Meyer. Okay. Uh, I Doug, will. Yeah. You Doug has this to up. select um, current Ohio state assistant, current Ohio state assistant. So again, as I go through this, um, Brian Hartline and Justin Fry are taken. Larry Johnson, Jim Knowles, and Kevin Wilson, I think, will be too old uh, 15 years from now. I'm not going to take Corey Dennis or Parker Fleming, and then that would leave me Tony Alford, Perry Eliano, Tim Walton, or somebody else on the staff, right? One of these GA guys or quality control guys. I'll take Tony Alford. And Tony Alford has desires to be a head coach. Uh, It has not yet happened. I think Tony Alford has a lot of qualifications that fit what you are looking for in a head coach. I think he develops players. I think he develops relationships. Obviously I just spent a lot of time with Tony recently for the big father's day story I did on him, but he really does have a lot of relationships uh, across the roster, which a lot of other coaches do too, but you know, he's not, he's not like he only talks to the running backs. And I do think, you know, there are just some guys who over the course of his career, I think have like gravitated towards Tony and Tony has become an important person in their life. Even if he wasn't their position coach, and even if he didn't really recruit him. So I, I think there's a world where it maybe could have and should have happened for Tony already. He certainly has been interested in coaching his alma mater at Colorado state. And that, uh, has not, has not yet happened, but I do think, um, you know, would he take a Mac job and then work his way up? You get to a point where he has a pretty good gig here. Um, he's probably shooting higher than that. His three sons are, uh, I think 20, 17 and 16. So they're going to be at the point soon, uh, with the Alfred family where 
you know, they won't have kids at home where you're trying to not move during high school and all that kind of stuff. So I think that may free some some things up for Tony to maybe potentially expand his horizons of the types of head coaching jobs that he might be interested in and might go after. I think Perry Aliano is really interesting here as well, because mm-hmm. he has been like a very quick recent riser to go from sort of a much lower level of college football to Ohio state in the last like five years. And he also has a little something to him for sure. I think we've all seen that. And Tim Walton, who's the other guy is about the same age as Tony Alford. They're both in their early fifties. You know, Tim Walton has a, has a very strong resume, but he maybe just seems to me like he might fit a little bit more to me of the guy who seems like he might just be a a lifelong assistant because he's been that so far where Tony has certainly put his, put himself out there. So I would guess that at some point, Tony Alford will be a head coach. And it's one of those things where you're going to be a first time head coach when you're 60, it gets a little tougher probably, but he's 53. He's got a couple years here to do that. Um, He has a very good resume And I think that opportunity will come for him. And then once he has it, then maybe you can start moving up and maybe he'll be a power five head coach um, 15 years from now. So I'll take Tony Alford. I would have taken him ahead of Keenan Bailey anyway, but those were the two guys that I was thinking about. I considered him actually as my wildcard pick in the the last round. It was like between him and Halfley. And I, the way you were talking, I thought that's who you were going to take. And after Steven had delivered the two big body blows, I didn't feel like, on 4th of July weekends that I should come in and give you the uppercut sucker punch and knock you out completely. Yeah, no, left, that's very kind. I know that you had just, you had just done the, the nice big story on Tony. And, uh, but I think it, it, a guy makes a lot of sense. And again, we, well, I don't know exactly what happened to Colorado state. That job just came open. His name was out there. That might've just been people pure speculation because he was an alum there, but nothing really ever seemed to get traction there. And did he not even really pursue it because he's looking higher than that? I, it could be, a, a, you know, that would make some sense too. So, all right, I've got a last pick. I need to take a, a current, what, what is it? A current non-Ohio State assistant. Yes. A coach, someone who's coaching, but in, not on Ohio State staff. Where co- Kenny, take- Kenny Guyton and Tom Herman have been selected in that category so far. Correct. And I'm going to take someone who who when we've talked specifically about a certain position, this guy's name has come up a few times. I don't know what his head coach aspirations might be someday, but I know that he would love to come back, I think, and be on Ohio State staff again. He was here as a GA for a couple of years. And it's Kenny Ananike, who is at Fordham right now as the defensive run game coordinator and the defensive line coach. So someone who's, that's a, you know, an FCS program, but someone who's already getting some, some, legitimate experience he's a columbus native played you know with or lewis center i guess technically but um a guy who has uh, a little bit of you know nfl um traction before he got back into coaching and we've talked about him before as someone who depending on exactly what the tenure of, of larry johnson is um would he be someone Ohio State would look out for that position? And if he did come back for that and kind of climbed the the ranks here, got some kind of a gets a run game coordinator title here and just kind of keeps building, um, would he be someone that they would look at at that stage? I didn't I don't have a, a great breadth of knowledge of guys who are not coaches yet, but played at Ohio State. It's yeah. like I said, it's a narrow window. And his was a name that just jumped to my mind. No, I think it's good. Um, Kerry Combs is interesting. Right. Kerry Combs would fit this. 
And I don't know if what happened at Ohio State like derailed Kerry Combs's aspirations of being a head coach somewhere. I don't think it necessarily had to. It probably set it back slightly. It may just wind up that Kerry Combs is just a really, really good college assistant, not a coordinator. But I also I also do think it's possible that just because you didn't make it as a coordinator doesn't mean you wouldn't make it as a head coach because Kerry Combs, a lot of the things that he does well, which is sort of like individual player development, but relationship building, energy, culture, enthusiasm, all those kind of things. He just, as it turned out, wasn't the right guy to scheme it up, but you can be a head coach who builds a culture and hires two really good coordinators and you can be a success. So, you know, I think he would have been, sort of a different version of an option there. Obviously, Kerry yeah. is a little bit older. Um yeah, but he's again, 75 in 2038. Yeah. So. But very young 75. He's he's younger than people think he is right now. Yes. He would not be said. younger than people think he is at that stage. Right. And he is on like if one of those things where you can like you fill out a form and it's like what's your what's your body's age? Like this is your chronological chronological age, but your body age is this. I'm sure Kerry Combs is his body is younger than my body. So, um, oh, oh my God. Yes. He's yeah. half my age in, in body and I'm only 43. So, yeah. um, all right. So that, that completes the draft. You're throwing his name out as someone we didn't pick. You already threw out Mel Tucker, some other current, uh, coach head coaches, PJ Fleck, whose name that you mentioned, um, has some Ohio state ties, Greg Schiano. Those are guys who are head coaches in the big 10 right now, but I understand why we didn't select them. I don't know that they're on a, a Ohio state trajectory anymore. Current staff members, I, I, Corey Dennis was on my list. If you guys had taken Heartline and Fry, he might have been my next guy simply because connections, man, they matter in this business. That helped Corey Dennis get the gig he has right now. Could be. His, his connection. See the face that Doug is making. His connection is currently not coaching. So, sure. um, but there's a there's an urban tree that's out there in the world. And if Corey Dennis, when Corey Dennis got hired at Ohio State, what he was supposed to be going to do was going to be the quarterbacks coach at Colorado State for Steve Adazio, who is on Urban's tree. So the urban tree may be uh, continue to reaching out uh, if, to Corey Dennis for a long time. If we had done this exercise a year ago. Would the first current Ohio State staff member taken have been Al Washington? Uh, I think Brian Hartline probably still would have been taken ahead of him, but I think Al Washington would have been picked. I do think Al Washington would have been picked. And I think Al Washington would have been a reasonable selection here still. That, again, just because yep. it didn't exactly work here – doesn't mean I, I I do think I I actually do think probably that Al Washington is a defensive line coach and this happens all the time I mean you guys coach every kind of position when Tony Tony Alford was the running backs coach at Notre Dame and under Charlie Weiss and then Brian Kelly got hired and they he became the receivers coach for a couple of years same thing happened here with Stan Drayton was a running backs coach came to Ohio State as a receivers coach then went back to running back coach but like you have the thing that you're an expert at and I do, I do, I mean, Al played on the defensive line. It doesn't mean he can't coach linebackers. Luke Fickle played on the defensive line and then was a longtime linebackers coach. But I think in the end, we just, not to make excuses for Al Washington, because I think from a developmental and recruiting standpoint, it needed to be better. 
I just I, I think that's a, a fair statement. And I'm not even sure that Al Washington would dispute that. Right. I mean, these guys know when they're knocking out of the park and when they're not. It needed to be better. It doesn't mean that Al Washington can't be a good coach. So I think he might wind up being like a really good defensive line coach and recruiter at Notre Dame. And I think he really might reset his career and put himself on a trajectory to be a head coach in the next decade. And I still don't know if as, as much as things did take a turn last year, if the guy that Ryan day had targeted to be his next defensive coordinator was not a linebackers coach. I don't know if Al Washington would still be on staff even maybe. I, I think that's possible. I think there's a world where they maybe were interested in having Al Washington stick around, knowing that he would take over as the full-time defensive line coach for Larry Johnson, whenever that would happen. But in the meantime, we're going to keep having you do this. Yeah. And then it just, because Knowles is a linebackers guy, and I think perhaps there was a thought process maybe at some point, of that Knowles maybe wouldn't want to coach a position, but then he did well, want to coach a position. And then once Knowles, who is a linebackers coach, wants to coach a position, that's what Al Washington's doing. And then Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach. So then if Al Washington would have stayed, like what would he have been? Yeah. And, and you, you, now they had to go hire a cornerbacks coach and a safeties coach. There had to be there have too many defensive backs. Now there had to be that split. Parker Fleming doesn't have to, I mean, Al Washington could be the special teams coach, an assistant defensive line coach, right? I mean, I'm not saying that that's what they were going to do, but I think there was a world where it wasn't good enough. Al Washington did not do a good enough job, but I, I think in the end, it wasn't like, that's it. They're done without Washington. See you later. It, then I think there were some pieces, as you're saying, that got moved around. And then it just didn't make sense sort of for anybody for him to still be here. But I think he's still listen. Guys get fired, man. Urban Meyer got fired. Nick Saban got fired. Pete Carroll. I'm like, guys get fired. Like the only time Nick Saban ever got fired was I mean, at Ohio State. Ryan, Day's been fired fired. Ryan Day's been on staffs where the whole staff got fired. Like that, yeah. that sort of thing. Is That's how he so, came to Ohio State. Because right. they said everybody at the Niners get out. So, like, it's not like, oh, well, you got fired. That's the end of your career. So, I mean, yeah, Al Washington still might be on track for a head coach in 10 years. Among former OSU players not yet coaching, I didn't know if this guy would qualify because technically he's a high school coach. But I I had Joe Germain on my list. He's a high school coach right now. But because he's got the quarterback background, they look offensively for high school coaches. I didn't know if his name might come up as we were scrounging for former Ohio State players. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if you know, part of it is like if you've been a high school coach for that long, I mean, he certainly could have gotten into the college ranks yeah. and worked his way up if he wanted to. Maybe he just wants to be a high school coach. But that's interesting. That's an interesting thing to bring up. Any other names that you had on that list that you thought people might? Take? No, I, I had a, that was a hard list. So yeah, I didn't have yeah. anybody else jumping out. Current OSU players, I had Kyle McCord kind of along the same lines, quarterback, um, you know, you, again, you're looking at offensive minded guys, um, but that might be why would I take Kyle McCord and not CJ Stroud? Uh, is that just because I'm trying to project who will have a more longer NFL tenure? I, I don't. But either of those guys, I mean, it, it's it's an offensive game now. No, I agree. I mean, I think I, I think like Tanner McAllister, I think, is interesting. Because the way Jim Knowles has talked about him, and maybe it's just because he's old and because he's been with 
Jim Knowles a long time, and he's sort of forced to serve as this sort of coach on the field as they installed this new Jim Knowles defense. But he just seems the way people talk about him. He's like a respected, smart, thoughtful guy. I thought he was interesting. And then it's one of those you start. There are positions you gravitate towards, right? The center, backup quarterback. You know, everybody loves middle linebackers. So the way they talk about Tommy Eichenberg, it's like, oh, is Tommy Eichenberg, you know, lined up to be somebody like that at some point? I like a lot of things about Tommy Eichenberg's um, head coach potential, except the fact that he never wants to ever talk to a reporter ever. No, but that's once. But Vrabel hates that stuff, too. I mean, there are guys that that's like that. That's not disqualifying. It's not great for us. It's not great for us. That's a good point. But but um, if you don't mind, if you want to talk to players, nobody cares what they think about us. As long as you're talking to your players, you could be okay. And by all accounts, Tommy Eichenberg is a good teammate from things we've heard. So uh, maybe maybe we sold him a little bit short there. Along those same lines, the other guy I had on my current Ohio State player list because of position he plays and uh, the connections, the the kind of the bloodlines pedigree, I had Toby Wilson. Because mostly I want to see him show oh, up yeah. for his first, for his introductory press conference in that same romper that he wore to move in day last summer. Yeah, no, I think that's, again, that's the son, walk-on offensive lineman's son of Kevin Wilson. Um and again, I mean, I people know how I feel, but like you can't deny that nepotism is alive and well in the coaching ranks in football. So um, if your dad's a coach, it certainly increases your chances of being a coach. So that's probably a good pick also. So everybody, make sure you pull this pod episode out in 2038 and listen to how we correctly picked it. No, I'm sure it'll be like, Steve Wilson, who's currently a, uh, the uh, quality control coach at um, the Citadel or whatever, and is like figuring out some like advanced way to run the ball because that's going to be the, the 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 all the rage again in 2038, and he'll have some he'll have like a quadruple option somehow that he's come up with, and that'll be the scheme that gets him the Ohio State job. You know, I, as you said. Um... Sometimes, I mean, in exercises like this, you end up leaning towards obvious things. But as I just try to think about it in my head, and I'm, uh, if you had said 15 years before Earl Bruce was hired as Ohio State's head coach, would Earl Bruce have been on a list like this? I think quite possibly. Like John Cooper wouldn't have been because he was off the radar. He had no Ohio State connections. But would Jim Tressel 15 years before have been on a list like this, maybe, right? That he was he had he was an Ohio State assistant and then he went on to Youngstown State and he had all these Ohio connections. Jim Tressel might have been on a list like this. Would Urban Meyer have been on a list like this? Yes. I mean, as a guy who grew up in Ohio and was having success, like you could have maybe figured that out 15 years before he got here. So sometimes the obvious stuff happens. And I do think more so than in the NFL, it's one of the things, listen, man, college college football is a great thing to cover because there's so many parts of it. And sometimes we complain. It's like, can we just talk about the football? But if we only just talked about the football, it'd be hard to do this podcast 52 weeks a year, five days a week. But there's so much around the football that's just different from the NFL. Nobody necessarily says, oh, well, this guy was drafted by this NFL team, so he might be their head coach in 15 years. But the cultural, the geographic, the personal connections, all that stuff, does matter. It does matter in college football. This is not just some ding dong exercise to fill 
the 4th of July. Like this stuff, you can go back and look at it. You can find it everywhere. It's not 100%, obviously, but this stuff does matter. You are looking for fit in college. So this was not uh, just a, an, an exercise of hot air. Um, we might, I, I think there's a, I don't know. I think there's a somewhat decent chance that Ohio State's 20, 37 or 38 head football coach is on this list. Yeah, I, I, the other aspect, I mean, the credentials that we went through is a big part of determining who would be this coach. But the other big chunk of it is who's the athletic director at that point and how do they think about the job? Because if Gene Smith had not been the athletic director in 2018, 2019, somebody might have made a safer pick, a more Ohio State leaning pick, a, someone with that background. But Gene Smith actually made a pretty progressive decision at that point. And, and one that was I would not completely out of the box. You're promoting the offensive coordinator, but it's it it was a little bit surprised he's ryan day's youth his lack of ohio state connections not been a head coach before so how will the person making the decision in 2037-38 think about yeah what credentials are most important that's that's the x factor here too yeah no that's that's very well said and um it's one of those things 15 years is is not that far away sometimes which makes me sad it's like some passing of time. Just think about who will be Ohio State's head coach when Bennett's in high school. And now we'll start making Nathan be sad. Oh, my baby's in high well, school. I like, I like when you propose that, like, you know, we'll just assign, you know, points for each of the things. Like, we're going to come back in 15 years and pull you off the magic teacups or whatever and say, hey, let's count up the, 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 the stats. It's for, for old time's sake. Nostalgia. I- Edition of Buckeye Talk. I, I promise I will be available for that if anybody wants to pull me off of those. Um, but we are, I mean, I think we can tease that we do have a plan to yes. go back and and check ourselves on some Market Down Monday stuff. Yeah. So it's a twofold plan. The first fold is uh, the one that I have to get in line, which is to go back through all of last year's Market Down Mondays, see what each of us picked, and then how that came out. So I think we're going to do that sometime this week. I don't think we should wait till next Monday because we're running out of Mondays. Um, so we'll, at the latest, I think we'll do it next Monday. So you listen to this on Monday, July 4th. By the by, at least Monday, July 11th, we will probably drop a pod saying, hey, here's the score from last year's Market on Mondays. And then that will kick off a sort of a shortened season of Market on Mondays leading us into the season where we will probably get maybe less, um, what do I want to say, like less broad topics than we sometimes do. And it might be more focused on the very nitty gritty decisions and outcomes that we'll see in the 2022 season for Ohio state, but market down Monday is on its way back. Very cool. Sounds good. Uh, by the way, we didn't just like mute Steven's mic. He, he did have to leave there with about 10 minutes to go. We didn't just boot him off. Doug didn't just reach over through the Zoom and strangle him for taking all the guys he wanted to take. Steven had to bug out. Uh, he'll be back on the pod next week, as will Doug Lee Maurice, and as will I, Nathan Baird, when you're listening to uh, this pod. So that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>